Ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time of the day. Today, we have special guest Eric James of Culinary Misfits. Um, to, to briefly summarize it, I, I, we couldn't contain the amount of energy that we were all uh, experiencing. It was such a pleasure chatting with him. But to, to no avail, ladies and gentlemen, Culinary Misfits. B Money, what's up? I feel like I, I, need, a sc- I need a screen. I feel like I... Hold on a yeah, sec. I got an idea. <laughs> Hold on, I got you an idea. You are definitely good. <laughs> See if it's in here. Hold on. Here we. Oh, there you go. You got a whisk. That's the stuff. All right, so I'm ready to go. Oh my goodness, that's it. That is definitely <laughs> it. Right there. Beautiful, man. This light is really harsh. Okay, you know what? Let's that go. works. That works a lot better. Hey, how's my ready. sound? How's my sound? Uh, um sound check good you sound good okay i can hear you we can all hear each other all right so hopefully by this time next week i will be streaming off of my uh, uh camera and not the your camera yeah. yeah are you streaming off your camera eric or how's that work no i just i'm i'm freaking i i was in theater so lighting was my thing so i've uh, i learned how to take like a uh really piece of crap like phone camera and make it like great because of the I try to get my camera hooked up as well, but uh, yeah. what, the Sony what you, EV10. What are you filming? What are you um, filming with now? Like, what are you doing this live with? My webcam on my ca- on my computer. Oh, <clears> and <throat> it looks it looks great. Mine is the same. He has uh, the same filter, bro. Got to get with it, man. Damn. Okay, dude, I'm so excited to have you on, PC man. Game. Like, I know we're friends, I, but I'm I'm really I'm really excited because I'm gonna jump right in. I love the fact. First of all, I'm not fanboying or anything, but. I love how you are, you know, you are, in my eyes, you're a chef, you know what I'm saying? And there's this big, there's this big disconnect between like what I do professionally, right? So whenever I say like, okay, whenever I say like, yeah, I'm a chef, or if Casey says, yeah, I'm a chef, some people think that's very conceited and very like arrogant, you know what I'm saying? And I try, and I try to tell people like all the time, like, just because I'm a chef, that doesn't make me better than you if you're a home cook or if you're a private chef or if you're an executive chef or if you're, a, you know what I'm saying? And I love the fact that like uh, you had one video where you said like, you know, you, you pretty much make your own schedule. You do events when you want to do them. You know what I'm saying? And I was talking, yeah. I was talking to a young culinarian about this. He, this is exactly what he said. He said, he said to me, he's like, he's like, you know, chef, I'm in, I'm in, in this and I'll bring it back to why I appreciate you and your content is uh, he was like, you know, I want to be a chef, but I'm going to be honest. I don't want to go through the grind of going to culinary school, working in the restaurant and, you know, you know, all of, because I tried to set him up with the, with the job in Los Angeles, but it was way too overwhelming for him. You know, um, it was at Wolfgang Puck Catering in Los Angeles, which is, you know, they, they do, they do 40, they, they did 46 million in revenue last year. And this was their bad year. And they usually do over 150 million in revenue. But anyway, he was way overwhelmed. He's like, "Fuck that! I want to be a chef, but I don't want to do this." And I'm like, "Well, listen. I worked for I worked for him in Vegas at, at Spago." Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, I worked, at, I worked a, at Spago too. I know we had this conversation. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had this already. Right, <laughs> so, so anyway, so Sorry. anyway, so he's <clears throat> like, he's like, listen. In all honesty, I kind of just want to do like private events, and I'm like, listen, you need to go follow Culinary Misfits. He does. That's exactly what he does. I'm like, you need to follow his content. You need to reach out to him because, in all honesty, you don't need, 
you don't need um, training like example for that I have to be able to cook in people's home as a private chef or at home. You just need basic culinary knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I don't care what anybody says when they hire you for the job and they have, you know, they have a good experience. That's all that matters. That's all that that's matters. All that matters. Like, and the thing is, is like, I think, um, you know, it kind of like shined a light on his like future because he was like, well, He's like, are you serious? I don't have to like, you know, um, I don't have to go to culinary school. I don't have to work in a restaurant because I tell everybody if that's starting out, it's best to just go work in a restaurant and just get right. the experience. Right. But it's funny because, uh, no, I, I told him, I was like, no, I was like, listen, if you want to cook in somebody's house, you need just basic level skills. One food safety two, like knife cuts and prep work, which takes repetition. But I wanted to get your point of view on that. Well, it's interesting because I went to culinary school and during the whole process, all I could think of was, this is such a waste of time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I went to the school because my, my background's in sales and marketing. And I, and I tell people all the time, I was like, listen, being a personal chef has very little to do with cooking. It has mostly to do with entertainment and making sure that your guests are having an amazing time. Don't get me wrong. The food has to be good. Like you yeah. can't be just a shit cook and go out. Sorry, can I cuss on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no oh, yes, you, can. uh, you can't just be a shit cook and, and, and expect it just to be phenomenal. The world as a personal chef is very different than that as a restaurant chef. I've been called the sellout. I've been called, oh, if you ever really like hardcore in a restaurant, it's like, well, yeah, I said, but mostly front of the house, but you know, yeah. I can teach I can teach anybody to cook. I can't teach you to have a personality. And at the end of the day, being a personal chef, it's flipped. It's more important to have the personality to be the showstopper. Yeah. Because everybody knows a couple of drinks in. Like my my secret, whenever I talk to my whenever I talk to my sous chef, so I have a sous chef, his name's Damian Washington. Kid is freaking amazing with customers. People love him. He's six foot four, tall, dark, handsome, big black kid, big smile. Just his family is just all about loving each other. And it, it, it ran over to me, you know, his mom kind of took me in as one of her own because I lost my mom early. But the whole point of that story is, is that that's what matters. I didn't talk about anything about his culinary experience. Yeah. It's all about who he is and how he, and how he is in front of the, the, the client. And I brought him in and man, they just, they, they followed his feet. They love him so much. And, and when I went to culinary school, I went, I went to back to La Cordon Bleu, which is now closed because I always said, this place is a scam. Uh, we opened up our syllabus one day. It was talking about all the, all the culinary cookbooks we never opened. It was all about America's Test Kitchen. I, they, they didn't cover the America's Test Kitchen on the photocopy they sent oh, wow. us out one day. And they're like, this is what we're learning from France. And I'm like, but it says America's Test Kitchen on the... I was like, that's milk. That's, that's the dude. Dude. Yeah. There, I got, I got, I got a, a rabbit hole for Le Cordon Bleu. Yeah. Well, but that's, with, that's why they got shut down for that dumb Yeah, thing. well... Well, that and in 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 false promises uh, yeah. of employment and all this other stuff. But I digress. Anyway, um, <laughs> with that, the most important thing I feel is is to a respect the culinary world, to respect what it means to be a chef. Like you and I are very different chefs. You're very technical. I'm the chef that's like, let's let's get Brandon. Like I would be the chef that would be the leader that would pull you and say, Brandon, you're in charge. Of, of you're in front of you're in charge of back of the house make the food phenomenal then i would go to to somebody else and say you're front of the house you're the rock star you're going to make this happen as for me i'm going to be the go-between to coordinate i feel like i'm much more of a i have a balance of front and back of the house like a liaison yeah like a, a liaison because if you take most if you take most most cooks no disrespect i won't even say anybody's name but there's some people on here who are phenomenal cooks who found a way to accentuate 
like how badass they are. You know, like for like I'll I'll say this because he's badass is is like would Sad Poppy if he still worked in a restaurant would he ever have the exposure that he has? He's got this look about him. He's got this style about him, and we love him for it because he's like the hardcore New York style type guy that little the details are what make the chef uh, that make a really badass cook. And we could talk about chef all day. Chef to me is Anthony Bourdain. It's, it's very, just a fucking title. I'm just a fucking glorified kitchen manager that knows a little bit more than you. I have to be able to step in when you fucking call in sick, you drink too much. I've got to be the guy. That's why I love when these home cooks, so I'm going on a rant here. Uh, when I see these home cooks, you know, these home cooks and they're like, Oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop his name because I think he's phenomenal and he underestimates himself. And that's chili pepper cooks. He's like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just a home cook. I'm no chef. I'm like, dude, shut your face. You're freaking badass, dude. Just cause you haven't led a kitchen. Doesn't mean you're not, doesn't mean you're any better. Oh, you're any, a TikTok chef now, bro. That's what, that's what you're I call it. You're a TikTok chef. That's a whole <laughs> I swear to God, category. I am telling you, listen, you're badass. Eric, I'm going to be honest. And, and Casey, I know you can agree with me. Listen, when I first started becoming a chef and I told my father when I was 16, I wanted to be a chef, I got frowned upon. People were like, why would you want to do that? This is like migrant. Migrant work is exactly the term I was told. That was exactly the term I was told from the racist ass motherfucker. Listen, I don't even want to get into it, but I, I remember saying like, well, I just like cooking. I really love cooking. But from age 16 to 24, I, everybody and their mama told me not to cook, right? Like cooking is a is like a lower end, less than blue collar job. And I'm like, what? But now, but now the, ro the roles have reversed. And I'm sure everybody, listen, I, when I first got tatted up, this, this tattoo I got from like 2008, 2009, and I walked into the Breakers Resort, okay? The Breakers Resort, very, very conservative. And I remember the executive chef was like, I can't believe you got a tattoo. It's disgusting. You need to cover that up. And I was like, all right, chef, no problem. I'll cover it up. But you know, this is, this is me. This is me. And I remember I was like, everybody was like looking down upon like, I can't believe you got tattoos on your forearms. Bitch, if you don't have a tattoo now and you're a chef, people look at you weird. Like, oh, you're not tatted up? <laughs> like, dude, I did it before. It was cool. And it's funny because like, I, this is, and it's, you know, and I don't want to go off a tangent either, but like, I think what's really important to note is like, like, and I'll go back to it. Like the difference between chef and home cook to me is just managing a kitchen. Right. Like yep. that, that, that is it. That is literally, I don't, matter of fact, I don't even have people call me chef anymore. I, at work where I'm, where I'm a chef at, where I'm the leader in command. I'm like, no, listen, just call me my name. Call me my name, please. Like, um, I'm, I'm, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people that still call me chef that know me from my past and, or when, that I meet in crossing and I don't get it. I don't mind it at all, but okay. For, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. So it's funny that you're saying all this because it's, it's interesting because people want to call us chef. Here's the thing. Look at the correlation. Look at the correlation between us and rock stars on the way up. We start off small. Nobody knows who the hell we are. We're going to make mistakes. We're trying to find our voice. That's where I feel like I'm at right now with TikTok. Even though I know like, I specialize in the home experience and, and bringing it all together, that's hard on TikTok to sum up in 30 seconds. That's why I've been gone for, I just got over COVID too. So I'm like, I'm trying to get some stuff together. But at the end of the day, we do small venue after small venue, small restaurant after small restaurant. Next thing you know, a little mama Fuku is all over the place. And, he, and it's well-deserved because people like, you know, uh, like, like, like Chang, like David Chang with Mama Fuku, he's a freaking badass. And it didn't, 
it didn't take but just a millisecond for him to blow up. And it was like Bourdain. And it literally was the small venues. He was a nobody in a kitchen just making some sauces, smoking cigarettes, and, and just a typical cook in a restaurant. But they liked his attitude. They liked the story that he had. He wrote a book and he blew up and, it, and, it, and he became too big and it just came too much for him. Dude, we correlate with today's modern day rock stars. And I don't want to say rap because I feel like rap is such a manufactured, like, let's just cookie cutter all them out. But no disrespect to the Kanye's. But it's one of those things where it, the correlation is just spot on. And this is the venue for us. This is our Spotify to where we get to get out there to get blown up and to get seen, you know, like with, uh, with, with you down here, it's like, it's funny. Cause I didn't know uh, a whole lot about a lot of these people, but now I'm like, Oh my God, I look up to them so much. You know, you look at people who are capitalizing on it, becoming these mammoths um, and good for them. It's just all about finding the right music that people want to hear the same food, same thing with food that people want to see. Like how many more steaks can we see sizzled? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just like, and it's no disrespect because it's all about content. But for us, I feel like we have the hardest, we have the, we have the hardest acts on TikTok. Yeah. Because not only do we have to create and think of something new and do shit over and over again so repetitively. Like I did another steak last night, but I'm going to do a voiceover. Like with uh, Max Lamiki, I just did a video and he was just like, hey, I've been gone for a while. Here's why. It's hard. I had to decide if this is something I wanted to do. And I, and I told this to some people. Before, we're not really talking anymore uh, as content creators, but I told them, I was like, there's going to be a point when you guys get burnt out. You guys are going to be like, if I have to fucking poach another egg with another tortilla and do something clever with, with tortilla or ramen, I'm going to fucking vomit. And it's like, you know what, what? you know what, Eric, I started to cut you off, but you know, you make a super valid point. And I, you know what I also, I try to tell people is like as food content creators, we spend a lot of money on food. Jesus. $101 a, last night. Look, we spend. <laughs> pulls out the stuff. 27 bucks for short ribs. Yeah, listen. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, and and you know what? You know what's funny is like um I try to tell people like, you know, sometimes it's very upsetting. This is the correlation. So if I pay, you know, $1000 for A5 Wagyu, right? And you know, the video bombs. It's like you get super sad. And that's the reason why. Not because the video didn't perform well. It's because, yo, I just spent this much, this amount of money on, and you, and you associate it with the dollar amount. Yes, are we going to eat it? Is it going to go to waste? No. But I'll tell you what, I can relate with that. So when, when it comes to Max the Meat Guy, because I've had some personal conversations with him, and uh, you know he's not a chef, but he creates food videos. And, he, and listen, 100%. I, what I respect about Max the Meat Guy is the fact that he goes down the rabbit hole to learn and educate himself about certain techniques. And then he asks, he asks the questions, you know what I'm saying? And just like I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm more, more than happy to help. He was having trouble like plating up something one day and he just messaged me. He's like, Hey man, how would you do this? And I just, I gave him like a freaking bullet point. Like, you know, he was like the chef on, you know, he was like the, you know, the grill cook. Like I was like, look, check this out. This is what you want to do. And it's funny because like, that's what I enjoy doing as a chef and a content creator. But I can agree with you. The burnout is real. And I'll be honest with you. I am so sick of doing like food that I don't want to do. And that, here's the, here's a good example. Like I, I really like, I posted a video yesterday uh, for the Granda app 
first of all, my best, my favorite sponsorship ever. But I got to be honest, I, I even told this, the, the app, I, I don't know if he's a CEO or not. I don't know what, what his level is, but I told him, I'm like, listen, I love techniques like this. I can do anything you want on here. It's no problem, but I'm, I promise you, it's not going to get any views. <laughs> like, listen, nobody on TikTok wants to see the, the 1% Michelin level shit. I'm sorry. I post, I post biscuits and gravy, 250 K views. I post a, a super cool technique that takes, you know, three hours to do 11 K views. It's just a real, the reality of, but, but, but listen, it's okay. And, and, and I gotta be honest, I am not, I never complain. I never, um, you know, I never like talk down upon anything. Like I just keep it moving, you know, keep it moving. But um, I'm getting in the mode where it's like, okay, what do I want to make this week? Like I, I've been cooking so much, it's almost exhausting. So I cook, you know, 40, 50 hours a week for my job. But then I come home and I'm creating content, which put adds another 30 to 40. Um, yeah, adds another 30 to 40 hours of cooking. And then I, I'm, there's some days I'm just like, fuck, I've been cooking for 14 hours today. Like I've just been literally cooking, prepping, cooking, prepping. Thank God for things like Instacart and like I'm able to organize my time. But it's just, dude, it is like a content treadmill. It, 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 it is. And hold on a second, because I got to bring in Casey here because he's the silent. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Sorry, silent no, Casey, you know, Casey, you, you be tripping. Come on, man. Casey, jump in here, man. We, no, I feel, I feel like that all the time. I, Every podcast, I'm just controversial. I feel like I He's just well. See, that's the thing though that I love about Casey is is that I, I didn't I didn't know who he was until you mentioned him to me because he, he looks like he's relatively new. Uh, and for me, it's like. I don't understand like the, the assholes that have the audacity. Don't be wrong. I love the content because that's what Casey does. <laughs> he turns it into content. He's like, you're no chef. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, here's my resume. You got to do what Brandon did with his virtual resume. He just smoked it. Yeah. He's like, here's what I've worked. I really should. Yeah. And you know what? That, that, but that honestly, that needed to be done because I had a lot of people just kind of like wondering and questioning and wondering questions. I'm like, listen, I posted a video like this last year. And the thing is, is I agree you should see what somebody's credentials are, but at the same time, it makes me look like a fucking egotistical asshole. But, it, but in retrospect, the thing is, is it's kind of like, okay, you know, if you, <laughs> it's not a video I want to make, but in all honesty, I think it needs to be done because some, you know, you have like, I don't know, man, like I, I'll always, I always kind of feel bad about it. And I always like in the video last year, I like the first thing I said was like, Hey, this is not for clout. This is just so you could see where I worked. So, you know, me as a chef, it's the bottom line, but sometimes Casey, it rubs people the wrong way. How do you feel about that? How do you, how do you feel about all of the haters coming at you? Cause like, you know what it is? I, I don't think they know. So I, my main goal, like I, I know I have credential. A lot of people know I have credential, but like to the younger, I think it's the younger folks, right? And they, I think they genuinely just don't understand. So I make it to a point where I'm explaining. Now, obviously, a whole lot of it is satire. I'm trying, I'm not trying to instigate shit, but they're starting it. Yeah, you are. And then I'm also treating I'm it like, it. yeah, I am. And then like, you I'm treating you are, you it like as if I was. You put the bro. He puts the really key in petty. Listen. And then I, I, I treat it like it's my restaurant. So it's like, I feel like it's my cooks. So I'm like, hey, let, let's fucking go back and forth at it. But like they stop at as soon as I mention it, so I I've, I've gotten a little better at it. However, I just want to teach. That's all. That's all it literally is. Yeah. My most the the viral one is the black garlic. I know it's not fucking black garlic. Okay, first of all, second, like they probably didn't know the the technique behind it, right? I I predominantly do Asian cuisine. I've been at it for twenty years. That's my specialty. I go that way all all the time. Um, maybe they didn't know it's a Japanese cuisine. Maybe they didn't know how it translates to that. Maybe they didn't know the steps. 
you know, Brandon and I spoke about this. He knew a, a different version. I do it. I've always done it that way. I don't like doing the, the dehydrating stuff. I can just do this on a pan. I get the same results. So how can I do that um, X, Y, Z? So that's that's literally all it is. But I, I am very, I'm very petty. <laughs> no, and I feel like that's fine because you need content. And it's funny because like I'll get, I, when I first began, I used to delete all the negative. Now I'm just like, I don't, I just don't give a shit anymore. Like I just really don't care. People will try to start stuff and I'm just like, okay, if that makes you happy to believe that. Like people give me shit for the sous vide. Here's the thing. We all have our reasons for using things like the sous vide because you and I, believe it or not, I forgot to tell you this, Casey. The guy that commented about real chefs don't use a sous vide, he said the same thing on mine. Mm-hmm. He literally, oh, that, wow. that guy's a troll, man. He goes out and he looks wow. for people doing shit and says the same exact thing. Um, and so I, I ignored him. And the thing for me is using a sous vide is you try doing a dinner of 40 people who exactly. want a medium rare exactly. steak. And like, I'll, like I pulled out two sous vides one time and it's so funny, the ignorance, I feel like the ignorance is like key here because I had two sous vides, one for medium rare, one for medium. Okay. Very slight differential in temperature, but the client was happy and I had one well done. No problem. Throw then a cast iron in the oven for, you know, 10 minutes or until you see smoke, whatever's fine. And I did two sous vides like that and I had 40 steaks in each or sorry, 20 steaks in each one for a group of 40. And the comments, how do you get those steaks cooked consistently because they're in the sous vide? I'm like, well, that's the whole point of a sous vide. Like you put it in yeah, there that's for the whole point of it. an hour you, and a half. You're you can admit, fun. you can admit they don't, they don't understand it. They think you're just yeah, poaching in a, in a plastic bag. And it's like, right. I try to explain this all the time and I'll, I'll go back just to in back in 2009 when uh, I bought the original polyscience sous vide machine i got I it for christmas i saw that on your counter i was so jealous the thing was a Dude, beast the og one like the gray one casey oh, the, the yeah. original one and i and i brought it into work and it was this 2009 the breakers resort and the executive chef of the hotel was like what the fuck is that you need to unplug it right now and i'm like <laughs> okay i'm like i'm like okay chef fair enough but i'm like just taste this pork tenderloin let me cook this Shit. pork tenderloin for you let me cook this pork tenderloin for you and if you don't like it then we'll i'll take it down and let me tell you something I cooked this pork tenderloin. It was a perfect rosé pink. And I'm like, and I slice it. And I'm like, chef, just try it. Light smoke. Uh, it was maple cured. And he tasted it. And he had his reaction on his face was like, every time we taste something, every time you taste, the first time you taste something sous vide, like you're like, fuck, how, how is it? It's perfect. Edge to edge. Yeah. Perfect. And I, that was the day. And it's funny how now it's like a convenience item. Like everybody has them and it's like a household item. But yeah, that, people that comment about, like when I made the, uh, the sous vide chili oil, like same thing, I had the same comments, but I'm not like Casey. I, I'll, I'll respond to some, like I'll go back and forth. I'll go back and forth with you. But like, the thing is, is some people are just like, they just want to be nasty to be nasty. And I ain't got time yeah. for that. You know, I, I, dude, I was going back and forth with somebody on my YouTube channel who was like, uh, oh, these aren't ribs. These aren't barbecue ribs. And it's funny because I love that aspect when barbecue people get really upset like about like oh you're using Ooh. a pellet smoker or you're using a stick burner like you know honestly i don't give a fuck i don't care whether you use electric or gas i use both it doesn't matter to me that's what separates us from barbecue people we don't that's give a fuck they yeah. have such a tight i wish that we had a tight-knit community but their community is so definitive if you look at tfif yeah. if you look at marco you look at gorg you look at all these guys who are specifically barbecue they yeah. are truly a family and they've got their spices yeah. they like we don't have that kind of camaraderie we're so different in each yeah. of our modalities and that's yeah. what kills me too is is 
And that's going back to what you're talking about as a personal chef. This is just a side note. Personal chefs, people always ask, so what's your specialty? And I'm like, my client. Yeah. My client's my specialty. Yeah. I don't have, Can I, I just have a modality. I wish I could focus on Asian cuisine. I could eat Asian cuisine every freaking day because it's amazing. But I can also eat yeah. Mexican. I'm a fat kid. Look, I love food. Don't ask me my modality is. Ask me what I want to eat today. What's your favorite yeah. thing to cook? Why would you ask me what my favorite, who my favorite child was? Like, why do yeah. I have to kill one? <laughs> I know. You know what? I I I get that. I get that question all the time. But you know what? I want. I just want to say that um, for anybody out there, all the young cooks, you could arguably make more than an executive chef being a private chef in the Bay Area right now. Oh just shit! F- I could crush F-Y. it. Yeah, ser- I could seriously. Crush it. Seriously, not like in the I'm Bay not, Area, though I'm, the Bay Area is rough right now. I can't. It's too. It's too. It's way too expensive mm. over here, man. It's freaking. Not to crazy. mention the taxes that they're going to want from me too. Oh my! Yeah, 35 percent, pretty much. So good luck it, with that. Try forty. Yeah, yeah, it's like, exactly. Like yeah, 40 percent. But what what I'm saying is is like uh, you know, there like private chefing wasn't as lucrative as it is now, especially with COVID. Like the demand is through the roof where people are like, why do I go go to a restaurant when I can have a professional chef cook for me in my house? Like straight up. And I know and, people and it, here. It's funny. Cause like right now, that's the thing that's hard with me is because culinary misfits is it's difficult because culinary misfits was started. Cause I don't have the tattoos. I didn't have the culinary New York or San Francisco training. Um, I had front of the house training and I was like, I'm going to be culinary misfits because I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do period. End of, end of story, end of day. Like there's no menu that I, people are saying, Oh, what's your specialty? I'm like, whatever I feel like today. That's, like, what's, that's your menu, what's your menu going to look like? It's going to look like whatever looks freshest today. So like when I walk through the farmer's market, I'm like, oh, I want that, that, and that and create this dining experience for my client. The problem with culinary misfits is it's a phenomenal name for a food truck or a social media handle. It's not something that someone's going to pay 200 bucks a head for. Yeah. Chef Eric James, they'll pay $200 a head because it's Chef Eric James. And there's this little bit of, oh, well, hello, I'm Chef Eric James. And I'm going to be preparing a sous vide bullshit for you tonight. And, but they want that show. (laughs) And uh, that's true. And they want to impress their friends. Yeah. And I always sell it to people at the time. I was like, listen, Friday night or Monday morning, come Monday morning, you're at, you're at the office. And you're sitting around the water cooler. What'd you guys do this weekend? Oh, I went to that new restaurant. It was awesome. We were in a three-hour wait. The hostess had, was kind of a bitch. The server smelled like cigarettes. And we're not exactly sure what we paid for. What'd you do? Oh, we had a private chef come over and just cook in our home. What do you want to say? And that's how I used to sell it to a lot of my clients. And I was like, do you want to go out to some overpriced, bougie restaurant? Or do you want to stay at home, drink your fucking brains out, and get <laughs> sloshed? <laughs> and be around a bunch of people. That's why bachelorette parties are huge for me because they come and they just have so much fun. They don't have to worry about the, you know, the guy, Hey girl, what's up? And I'm very professional. I always wear my, my, my dash, my, my dash cam, my body cam, uh, for, you know, training and security purposes. Uh, cause there's a lot of drinking bachelorette parties by camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, dude, you can make really <laughs> good money at it, but go ahead, Casey. What are you going to say? No, no, I was just going to say, buy a camera. <laughs> buy a camera. That's such a, yeah. I mean, I've done, so Brandon, I know you, you didn't notice, but like I did, I tried to do the private dining for, for a few months, but I felt like people wanted the Michelin stuff and I'm like, I'm not about that. And I was just like, I was stopping. I'm like, I mean, we can spend hours doing this, but like, I, I don't think you want that experience. Like, I think it might, it'll be better for you if you went to the restaurant. 
because that's that's what they're all encompass it for. Like it's a it's a whole experience. We're gonna have this in your in your living room in your dining space. Yeah. It's not the same. And you want me to charge you said you know that rate. So I I felt like mm, let me just go back to corporate for a second. Yeah, you're so limited. You're limited but to your menu when you do stuff like that because you can't mm-hmm. pull out all of the foams and all of the craziness that goes along with having a real Michelin star restaurant experience. You can, but then you got to hire the staff. But then you're, you know, I, I, I there was a rumor that Wolfgang went into a house and did what during COVID and was was going in and checking out this private chef stuff. And that they were charging upwards to $2,200 a person because that's what he needed to make operations run. And I was like, bitch, I do this for like $79 a person plus a 20% chef fee. How are you going to have the audacity? But they were going through and putting too much. And the thing that I found about most people is they don't care about the 17 course molecular gastronomy bullshit. I'm sorry. I've never been a fan of molecular gastronomy. It's, it's a great art. I think that's art. I don't know if it's culinary, but because every time I went to Graham Elliott's and had 17 courses, I was like, is there a Wendy's nearby? Because I'm fucking starving. <laughs> <laughs> but the average person, the average person, and you pay for the experience. You don't pay for the food. You know, that's the thing is, and the average person in these houses I go into to cook for, they want approachable food. They want a steak and they want some, you know, truffle butter mashed potatoes. And that's their experience. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it, yeah. and it and is. They want, it's, it's, they want somebody with the skill set to be able to cook it and execute it. And to entertain them. They want us yeah. to stand there at the table like the Food Network monkey. Sorry, I despise the Food Network. I think it's single-handedly destroyed and caused more perceptions of our industry than anything ever has. I agree They want that. us to stand 100%. there at the end of the table and be like, today I prepared for you. Blah, blah. I'm like, it's just steak and potatoes. I hope you enjoy it. You know, I don't, I don't do that, but I'm like, love it. I have a sous vide prime filet that I did for two and a half hours. And they're just like, oh my God, this is amazing. But also too, the number one key component you have for delicious food in a restaurant or at home, alcohol, you get them, everybody let's have cocktail hour and get some cocktails. Let's get some martinis. Next thing you know, you see these faces of like, "Mm," you're like, oh, you're ready to eat. This food's going to be delicious. And they take that bite. They go, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, like, you know what's so that's funny? Just mac and cheese. So uh, you know what's so funny? So uh, Eric, just so you know, Casey and I are total opposite ends of the spectrum. That's why we do well, so well together. So oh, basically, he he went the no culinary school uh, corporate route to become a chef, the hard knock life, right? And for me, I went the complete opposite route, right? Michelin star background. But what I will say is, I agree with both of you when it comes to Michelin level cuisine. You know, honestly, most of the time, I'm wasting time, like. Seriously, yeah, in a yeah. restaurant, and I listen. When I came out of Alinea, three Michelin star restaurant in Chicago, and I moved, I moved back to Las Vegas, and I was in, I was at Spago, Las Vegas, and I literally, you know, I remember specifically, like, you know, just being so egotistical and like trying to put, you know, thirty things on a plate, and it's so funny because, dude, I just got beat down, like beat down, and I don't care what anybody says, you can be as egotistical as you want, but if the guest is not happy or they don't understand what they're eating, it's no bueno. It's no good. It doesn't matter how much it costs or where Mm -hmm. it came from. You know, like I I had this problem, like, uh, you know, especially in Las Vegas, it's driven by convention crowds. People, people want to eat dinner and go to a show. They want all you can eat buffet. They want crab cakes, sliders, you know, fucking Chinese chicken salad. They don't, they do not. There's some people that want to go to the Robochon experience, but that's the top 2% out of, I would say United States top two, yeah. top, maybe top one, everybody else. And, and I got to be honest, I'm over that shit nowadays. 
now that I have uh, now that I have kids, it's funny because you know I I prefer the actual hole in the wall, like the dumpling spots, like the like I want to know where the best beef kefta is. I want to know like it, you know the like in my area right now, there's so, like Indian food is something that I haven't really been accustomed to. But I'll tell you what, man, there's this one Indian restaurant that's close by, all vegan, bomb. Like the flavors, I couldn't even wrap my head around. And I appreciate appreciate ethnic cuisine so much, and that's why I'm so happy that David Chang came out with that show, Ugly Delicious, because so good. Yeah, man. And, and you know what? Like, I agree. But then, like, there's this part of me, this 1% part that's like, dude, I miss doing, like, super upper echelon technique, right? And here's the thing. I, my whole TikTok was about that for a while. But I got to admit, for the whole month I did it, I did a test where because everybody was like, oh, yeah, we want to see this, chef. We want to see this. But I, I'll tell you what, man. The, analyti- it, the analytics were the proof in the pudding. They were trash. And unfortunately... I don't care what anybody says. If you if you're not getting video views, you have to kind of change your strategy. But like, I gotta be honest. I, I am I am okay with just getting like one. If the video hits a thousand views, and I'm like, okay, I call it good, right? Like, I I don't get obsessed with trying to gain views. What I tried, to, what I'm trying to do now is build that solid community around me, where sure. people actually open the app and they want to they want to see what I posted for the day or you know for the week or whatever the case may be, and. Um, yeah, man, but I, I totally agree with you with the, the Michelin. Man, first of all, like even let's talk about the Michelin Guide. Like, what does the Michelin Guide mean in 2021? It's like for me, I just kind of have like a bad taste in my mouth ever since um, you know 2018 when I was at Saison and Laurent Gras, one of my superhero chefs, took over and they took a Michelin star away from Saison because obviously they say it goes with the chef. And I remember thinking like, you know what, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. One because. Laurent Gras has more Michelin stars for Alain Ducasse than I think any other chef. <laughs> like he's just, he's just an OG in the space, but I think the Michelin guide has been watered down like a mother flower, you know? Well, let, let, let's, let's do this. First of all, you're talking to two chefs who could care less about Michelin stars right now. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so here's, here's the deal for me is, is that I want to go back to what you're talking about with, with TikTok, And it's interesting because, Brandon, you could throw up the most amazing stuff. Like when you do your omelet and you slice it open and it comes out, we as cooks and as chefs see that and go, dude, this skill set, the people on TikTok have no idea like what gets involved. But I will tell you this, if you turn around and you take your Michelin stuff and throw in an air fryer, shit will be blowing up. You think so? I've been going back and forth with this, Eric. Listen, I got to remember, Casey, remember I told you I was going to get air fryer? Bro, I should take your stars. Dog. Yeah, yeah, you should just take your stars and fucking boil it. So, so I listen, can't I, listen. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And listen, Eric, I, I Eric, I, I can't, I'm going to be honest. A lot of people ask me, Hey, can you develop recipes for an air fryer? And it's funny because listen, I ain't, I ain't going to hate on the air fryer one, because I've never used it before, but two, because I truly believe that it is easier to, you know, uh, you know, do something in the air fryer real quick without turning on your convection oven. So right. if I think that'd be good. Like if I took like, uh, you know, like if I made something and then, you know, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get around to it, but I am going to um, start using an air fryer for something. I promise. I, I promise. I, I will tell you the air fryer is, is what will make you famous. The, the air fryer, if you put it in the air, because it's funny <laughs> is, it's like I'll, I'll, I'll fry some shoestring potatoes or some shoestring uh, onions and uh, fried onions for a burger or something like that. And people are like, but, but can I throw that in the air fryer? I'm like, what the fuck do you think? Like, why are you asking me such a stupid question? Dude. Go put it in the air fryer. If you need it so bad, go do it. Like I put some, I, what did I do not too long ago? I put a, 
I just, oh, I, I, I sauteed something. I put a little bit of oil in there and I put a little heavy because sometimes I like to put a little bit heavier oil to kind of fry my steak. Cause I really, cause sometimes when you sous vide, you gotta, you gotta make sure and get a little fry yeah. in there. Cause it's hard, especially with the fat cap on the back. I put a little bit extra, uh, uh avocado oil in there. And somebody's like, that's not sauteed. That's fry. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks for telling me because I would never have known that this, I'm like, why? Just stop. Just I just wanted to reach out to people and, and just be like, just just stop. Listen, your mom's gonna make you your PB and J and cut off the crust for you. Just go back to her her basement and leave me alone. I'm just trying to entertain, and all you are is toilet paper to me right now. You know what? You know what? Uh, chef John Kung said the best thing. He said, "Oh, the 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 comment, the TikTok comment chefs, like uh, they're the crit- the comment critics." Yeah, I, listen. I totally get it, but you know what? I wouldn't even waste negative energy on it unless you're KC who likes to pick apart every fucking... <laughs> but you, you know what? Casey, Send it to me. Some, Send it to me. Sometimes you do these people dirty because you, you are professionally trained, so you have an upper edge, and they don't realize that. You know what I'm saying? Do you, have any, where, do you have any... Yeah, do you have any... Um, do you have any, uh, any comments that have been deleted after you responded to them? All the time, right? Yeah, me too, me too. Me too. And like, I, and like, and it's funny. Cause like, and then I remember I was starting so many comments with like, okay, this is no hate towards the person. This, you know, I just want to keep it, you know, like it, it's like, you know what? I'm not even going to respond. I literally post a video. I'll answer comments for like 24 to 48 hours. And then that's it, dude. I'm done. I'm see when you say, on. when you, but see, here's the thing, Brand, uh, Brandon, when we have things we need to say, don't preface it because that's three seconds of valuable time for you. I know. I, that's I don't mean to hate. I'm not trying to be a jerk. That's like five seconds that I could have put to make sure you hit that follow button. You know? And you know what? While we're on the topic, you know what I'm fucking hating and I'm doing this shit myself and I just realized it in a goddamn video where I'm making something and you know what I say? I'm like, okay, but if you don't like cream, you can just substitute with this. Oh, and if you don't like onion, you can just take onion Stop. out. Or if you don't like no. every, yeah, I, I'm don't do I'm it. For that shit. I am you're falling into the shit. TikTok. You're falling into the TikTok you're, people who are like, right. what if I want to use this? Then use you're it. You're right. You're 100 percent right. What if this, I want to? What if I don't want to fry my my wings? I want to air fry them. Then do it. Scroll a couple more scrolls, and you'll see yet another video on how to fry. On yeah, I know. Listen, and you know what? So. Last thing really quick. So I know you got to talk on this, but here's, here's another thing too is, is I will say that my frustration with TikTok has been an interesting relationship. Again, my background's in sales and marketing. I used to look for patterns and basically I used to help buy and sell companies. I would go in, we would negotiate. I would look at breathing patterns. I would look at body language to see if they were holding money, to see if they were lying or see if they were you know wow. really wanting. So there's all kinds of stuff I used to do via the human psyche. And I will tell you this, it's interesting because I saw a pattern with my TikTok and I was just like watching it fall. And it was a pattern unlike I'd seen. Like I know some people, I would say, hey guys, my views are really kind of hurting. I don't know what's going on. They, oh, it happens to all of us. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm stuck in this circle that there's this continue. Do you realize after all of that, everyone who told me, no, it's nothing. Everybody goes through it. Finally, three months later, TikTok gets back to me. because I was like, I, was, I set them up. And I said, hey, I think you guys might have me under a business account because my views are not the way that they were and what I've seen with other creators. I'm not trying to say I'm creating phenomenal content, but I started off like a rocket ship, hit a wall. Well, here's the thing is I went back when I was like at 69,000 and I had made a video to TikTok saying, you know, hey, TikTok, why are you being such an ass? You know, like what's going on? And everybody's like, oh, don't do that because, you know, everybody goes through it. Lo and behold, three months later, I get a message from TikTok and TikTok literally says, 
uh, you are not under the business account, so you are under the right account, but we do have you categorized 18 and under. Yeah, that sucks, dude. And so they will suppress <laughs> your views and they don't, let, they don't let 18 and under go viral because they don't want that much exposure for kids under the age of 18. But what blew my mind was they were still paying me for views. And so I was just like, wait a minute, like what? And so I just got a letter and they said, yeah, we fixed it. And I because I had to send them my driver's license again. And now they have fixed it. And now we'll see what happens when I start posting again. But because everybody, I felt so bad because I was so upset. I bet you group. were so pissed, dog. I bet you were so angry. You have How no fucking idea. angry were you? I bet you, you were throwing <laughs> shit, dude. Like, you had no idea. My goal, listen, my goal was to be at 250 by the end of the year. And that was three months ago. And when I, and that's when I initially sent out this email. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck. What do I have to do? doesn't matter what I post. And then I'll post something like ridiculous, like me making some grilled cheese and taking it down to the staff and it'll get 250 views. And I'm like, does the algorithm have no actual algorithm? You know? And so I, I was upset, but it, I, I was so upset that I haven't produced any videos like in two weeks, but I, but to be fair, I went to Vegas to spend time with the family uh, and then went through a bunch of hotels and airports, got COVID for a week. And so I'm, I'm trying to get back up on the horse, but the motivation is so, so low. Like it's yeah, an emotional man. roller coaster with TikTok. That's like a punch to the freaking nuts, dude. Yeah. Especially if you have verification that, that that's why you weren't getting any views. It's like, you know, if I were you, I would just go through and, and, and create a backup account and repost all your old content. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's funny. Well, I, I didn't do that. But what I did do is I started one that was just, you know, cap, it's called Captain Gen X and it's just for fun. And I get like 25,000 followers in a matter of a week and in in like comments and everything's going well. And I'm just like, why am I spending all this time? People don't realize the time we spend cooking. Like the, that's something you didn't even mention, like two to four hours, especially if you're slow cooking something. Yeah. You know, well, the you know that's a that's a good example. Look, today I'm going to make a, a foie gras terrine with black truffles because I'm extra. You're so and this is this is a this is a three day process, my guy. This is not Way too much. And I'm thinking in my head, like I know, but you know what? One of my purveyors gave me a lobe of foie gras like during th like for the holidays, and I want to use it. But um, but anyway, what I was going to say is a three hour process. It's a three day process. So I got it. But 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 the good news is I have a I have a new camera. I got the ZE10, the ZB10, ZBE10. Just like you have, you know what you and need now. You know what you need now. You need the lens. You need that bad boy. That right what's, there. What's that lens? That's the Sigma. The Sigma. The Sigma one point. Yeah, the one point one point four. Yep, I have the Sigma one point four, and then I have the twenty four seventy, which I like a lot. The um. That's the bad yeah, boy. Flex. That's a vlogger yeah, right it there. Is. It's super nice, and especially because like it um you know it shoots in four K, but um. I have to admit the lens is not, I mean, sorry, the sensor is not as big as the a seven three though. So you can tell like when you're uh, transport, when you're um, downloading the footage, but it's, it's all good. It's, I'm just glad because I, I need a camera that I can pull out film real quick. My, my other one's just so big because I have an external yeah. screen. So it's huge. Well, and, and that's, what's but, funny because all you need to do famous on TikTok. Yeah, yeah I agree. Phone. But so I agree, I was but, go ahead. Have, have you seen the uptick in uh, higher quality videos though on TikTok? Oh, because of this? Well, no, in, in general, I'm talking about like when I started TikTok, I only had my iPhone and I saw a lot of people with iPhones, but now I feel like the quality on TikTok has gotten a lot better. Like the, the, yeah, the video quality. It, it has like I, Kelly, Kelly cooks, Texas. She bought my, my, my ZV one or my, my ZV. Yeah. My one 
from EY Sony originally, and her videos have 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 gone up really well. But she's crushing it as well. She and, and that's what's funny. She's a home cook. She does really casual home cooked foods, makes it looks amazing, uh, and she's killing it. But yeah, the video quality that we're seeing across the board is is substantially getting better. But the problem is this: coming from background in marketing, YouTube is good for quality because that's what people have come to expect. Because we have some people like Casey Neistat, you know, that come up there and draw the line, and Peter McKinnon, etc. But the thing is, is like, I feel like even though we're putting all this effort and time and quality into TikTok, that it still doesn't matter. Like people just want to see the air fryer. Like it should be called yeah. the TikTok yeah, air fryer goes, show. Yeah, um, that goes the same for IG too. I, I agree with you on that. You know, and that's where for me, I, you know, when I was saying earlier, you made a comment, my goal and my future is I've got a whole plan that I want to do with all of this is I want to be the YouTuber that just happens to be the social media guy. And you said you, you were like, you know, done and you did a check mark. And I was like a little bit different category because I now want to do dinners. I want to do my dinner parties. And this is probably something I should even talk about yet because it's, I feel like it's so lucrative for what I want to do is I want to be the guy that's like, you know, like, all right guys, so this is what we're doing today. We've got a dinner party we're going to go in and I'm wearing my GoPro. We go and we film the whole dinner thing. And then I've got my phone on like one of those little clips and I'm doing the clips of the dinner party. Can you hear me? Okay. Sorry. My phone did something weird. And that you guys, uh, that, you know, that I'm, that I'm videoing the verticals while I'm doing my dinner party and there's this whole thing going on, but here's the thing. And this is going to blow your mind of what I'm doing via YouTube and all my verticals, uh, verticals, all of them, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram to where, what if I came to you? And I came to you and your family and said, hey, I want to do a dinner for you absolutely free. The only caveat is, is you have to let me have all the footage. And matter of fact, you've been interviewed and I found out that you had 500,000 people on TikTok on an Instagram because your part of your payment is going to be you giving a shout out to yours saying, hey, make sure you follow this guy. But here's where I change everything. This is my baby. My I'm putting it here to put my stank on it. So if anybody else does it and gets ahead of me, you're welcome. This dinner was brought to you by Scrub Daddy. Completely do sponsored dinners, do the whole thing for social media. I travel from here to here doing dinners for big creators, little creators, et cetera. This dinner brought to you by the letter five or the number five, you know, whatever it may be that whoever wants to sponsor the dinner brought to you by Truff and they get their vertical spots. They get their little spots and their little plugs and they purchase the package they want. That's why I'm here. It wasn't until a couple of weeks ago when I was like, why am I even on here? It makes me miserable when a video flops and I put my life and soul into it. And I had to figure out what's my purpose. What's my purpose on TikTok is to educate, to show people about what I do as a personal chef and to entertain, number one. And then one day I was just like, I, I was watching TV and it said, this is sponsored by X, Y, and Z. And I was like, what if I could have dinners just sponsored? That would be pretty amazing. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, Casey, what are you looking at? Your your face stays glued to whatever screen you're looking at. So I have I have three screens I'm monitoring right now. So I have I have the one that has all the audio. I'm making sure every all the levels are in, and then I have another screen just right above, right below this camera that's monitoring you guys' audios at the same time. But needless to case, I have three monitors in my face right now. So basically, what you're saying is this this doesn't happen without you. Yeah, he's the air traffic controller. (laughs) I don't do. I'm the one that's. Orchestrating, but like if you want to pull up stuff, like perfect, perfect, Uh, real quick. Um, Eric, this is for you, bro. 
So I have a video of you. Hey, dude, hey, don't worry. Everybody gets creeped out of watching their own videos. Just it's okay. It's so there weird. We go, real quick. Just real quick. This is this feel. That video, Jesus Christ. It's under tomatoes. You're gonna love it. I didn't turn off that face filter. Man, I look weird with the face filter on. It's okay, man. This video got so many comments. I don't think you have enough chilies, bro. That's that's uh Sundry, that's, that's Sundry Sundry tomatoes. tomatoes. Thanks for paying attention. Oh man, yeah. there's um, like chilies. No, those are your sun-dried tomatoes. That's a that's a Thomas Keller recipe right there. This, yeah, I remember this. Looks delicious, though. Look how fake I look, man. I look like I'm ready for Hollywood. That plastic face, that hair. Dude, it's okay. Jesus you know what's Christ. so funny? You know what's so funny? We're all, we're all our own biggest critics. Like I wouldn't have noticed the stuff that you said. I wouldn't have noticed it in, until you said it. Do you know what the biggest thing mm. about that video was? That fucking people were livid. Oh, and what? I did it in, mm. and I did it intentionally. I didn't say what herb blend that was. Oh. I did that video. Oh, I did that video right. intentionally saying asparagus and sun-dried tomatoes, but did you <laughs> ju just did. What's the damn spice? Oh. What is that? What is the spice? Yeah. What's the spice? <laughs> Everyone yeah, was like, what's the spice or what's the herbs? And it was funny because it was the whole point of that video was just to put your blend on it, your spin on it, do what you want to yeah. do with it. That's the thing that kills me the most, especially in cooking, not just TikTok, but in general, I'll go over to somebody's house. And, oh, well, what is that? What is that? I was like, well, are you taking notes and writing it down? Because if you're so interested, you might want to do it later. Well, I don't want to cook it. I just, I just want to know. And I'm like, people are curious creatures, man. They are, they they yeah. want to know, but they won't do shit with it. Yeah, you know what what's was funny the on that. Does it matter? Know, are you going to make it? Yeah, it's funny because uh, I always because my wife does the same thing. She'll ask like thirty questions when I'm preparing yeah. something, but I'm just like, okay, I'm like, listen, you got a five five question max, okay? Like, because <laughs> sometimes sometimes it gets a little bit overwhelming, but at the same time, it's it, I totally get it, you know. It's insane. Anyway, what what else can we talk about? I don't want to talk about TikTok the whole time and. That's okay. I, I, I burned a bridge or two because I was so upset about my views. I'll go back to that. I was so upset about it that I, I expressed it to a couple of people. And these people probably are like, dude, this motherfucker won't stop with the views. No, no. You know what? Listen, everybody has every right to be mad. I, I saw some big ass creators get their, their complete channel banned. You know what I'm saying? And it's because TikTok has, is, has become more automated where they have bots going through stuff. And, um, and same thing with the lives. You can get banned for no reason on live, and it's not a human being. It's a it's a bot that picks up something, you know. Well, and the, big, the, the biggest reason to get taken off for bot, or reason why to get taken off for a live, is because somebody will say that you're doing something, and if it has anything yeah. to do with children, it's an automatic pull. They don't even review it; they just pull it because it's such a red yeah. flag. That's why I don't even so, post my kids, man. Well, out of privacy, and then plus, I I, I just don't. I'm dude. Everything that I post on my kids, because one of my first of all, my oldest son, he just walks around with underwear all day. Like he's just a kid, you know, he done all day, bro. Like it's crazy, but uh, you don't know who's watching. Yeah, so Brandon, so what's, what's been your biggest hurdle then going to being like this Michelin star chef? What, you're in what city now? So I'm in, I live in uh, Sunnyvale, California, pretty much Silicon Valley, right under San Francisco. That's right. That's right. And That's basically right. the biggest hurdle, like I'll, I'll be honest, like um, the, just to give you a snapshot, I'm the executive chef for a tech company here in Silicon Valley. But when I originally started, it was crazy. I was working 90 to 120 hours a week, getting paid very well. And I was doing literally, you know, Michelin level lunches, dinners, events on the weekends. It was absolutely crazy. 
And the way this works is this, this place is like the White House. It's like set up like an event. So basically half of it is residential, half of it is business, strictly business. And um, full kitchen, I was able to um, build another kitchen on site and uh, like a catering kitchen. There's an event space. And uh, it was crazy, man. It was awesome, but it was like really, really tough. And now it's switched, right? So basically the tech, said tech company has uplifted and moved, okay? And so basically I'm left with just the employees and some guests here and there. So it's like my workload has went from 120% to literally 30. <laughs> and so it's more of like, so I'm still the, like, my title's the same. It's just, I'm still the executive chef. And like, the thing is, is like, it's just way less guest count and it's amazing. And I can't complain, although it does get kind of uh, boring and I'm, I wear many hats. Like, here's a good example. Uh, you know, when COVID hit, um, and sorry, when just recently with Omicron and everything, uh, a few employees have, you know, caught it. And it's like, dude, this, it's crazy. It's, we, we get locked down. Like, we're only two people are allowed in the event space. And like, it just makes it really difficult because I have to wear a lot of, a lot of hats. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, but, but it's, you know, I can't complain, man, because, um, you know, I get paid very well and it's a good job it really is. Well, I think you would, I think you would thrive in the private event space or in the, in the private chef space, uh, yeah. just because, you know, I feel like, and that's the thing is like, I see certain, like one of the other things I wanted to do was I wanted to approach people. So there's a guy on here, his name's Dave Gates, one stop chop. He's amazing. He's got his cookbook out. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's amazing. He's a good looking kid. I always joke and say, dude, you're gonna be the first TikToker on the cover of GQ magazine. Uh, just cause he's just, he's just a charismatic, good guy. But when I see these, when I see these creators as, as a personal chef on my head, I automatically go, is this guy a personal chef? And I'm like, this guy would crush it, you know? So there's certain people. And then you look for your sous chefs, the people who are just like machines who get in there that, you know, don't necessarily have to talk to the client, but they're like the hardcore culinary person with the tats and the, yeah. you know, the, the criminal investigation going on uh, yeah. and a pregnant and a pregnant host. You know what? Not, 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 not to cut you off, but it's so funny because I agree with you hundred percent. And I was the type of chef that just stayed oh. in the kitchen and I didn't want to go out and talk to guests until Wolfgang Puck made me one day. He's like, you need oh. to be on the dining room and touch. You need to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was like, he's like, come on, come on, come, come. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, chef, let's go. And he's like, yeah, you shaved the truffle. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, and then it's funny because he, he, he emphasized that that's such an important part of the experience. And I'm like, yeah, chef, you're right. And so then it just turned and then I just became, you know, touching every table, you know, all the above, man. And uh, I think that translated into kind of what I'm doing, you know, kind of what I'm doing now, because I think what people don't realize is it's about the whole experience. It's not just about the food. You know what I'm saying? Right. It is right. definitely about the whole experience. And, um, and it's funny because Casey, I told you the same thing, like, yo, you need to go out to tables, man. You need to straight up go out to tables, see how everybody mm. enjoying everything. I and, wish. Uh, I'm strapped to the fucking stove, man. Dude, People love that time. shit, bro. It's so annoying. What's that, Casey? It's very annoying. No, I was just saying uh, I'm strapped to the stove half the damn time because I'm the the way the the way my kitchen works right now. I can I can rotate to expo, which I'm usually at, and then the stove is right there. So like sometimes if like oh let's say uh, Christmas Eve or like I'm sorry New Year's Eve we had 123 people covers. And it's a it's a four course menu, so roughly around five hundred plates, and I had to rotate to the stove to expo and then out to the dining room. I'm just like, uh, can we just like maybe hire two more cooks and then I'll, I'll touch every table? But it, it's it's tough, you know. We have to play that. I have to play that game because one, it's not my it's not my 
it's not my restaurant and I'm working with a chef owner. So it, it's, it is what it is. I'm strapped to the stove for the most part. And then if I can, I will go out and touch the tables, converse. I'm, I'm more comfortable outside than if I were in the back. Like I can, I can fully converse. I can, I can sell you some top products. But also like we, it's only a BYO, so I can't get top dollar on, on the amount. So it's a, little, it's a little tough, but we'll make it work. But then again, strapped to the stove. So it just depends. It just depends on the day. If it's you know slow, what's crazy? I'll be outside. You know what's crazy is I've had so many people reach out for an executive chef position, and I got to be honest, fellas, I don't think there's any chance I would go back to a restaurant that's somebody else's. No mm. chance. Listen, I work, I work so hard to get to an executive chef level, and then listen, once I got it, I was like, okay, this actually sucks. Irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> Here, that, that ties in great to this question that's been on my head. Sorry. So when you see people, like there's certain creators out there that are dead set and sound like they want to open up a restaurant. And I'm like, why? Stay the course that you're doing with this. Stay at home. Throw your knife at the cutting board. Be the biggest content creator you can. But there's a certain level of arrogance that people feel that they go, well, I'm going to open up a restaurant and mine's going to be successful out of the out of the hundred out of the eighty percent that close, I'm gonna be the twenty percent. I'm like, but you've never even ran a restaurant. Just because you make mm. like a handful of good items, what makes you think that you? Could, I mean, and I don't want to crush anybody's dreams, but fucking find another outlet. TikTok has been that. TikTok has been another outlet where I don't want to open up a restaurant ever. Matter of fact, my days of being a personal chef are numbered because, quite frankly, I'm just I'm done with it. I've been doing it eleven years. And part of me just wants to go to a brain dead job where I could just go get a paycheck for just a little bit. But at the end of the day, for these people to come on and think they want to start a restaurant, I'm like, first of all, go work in a restaurant. That's my favorite. Oh, I want to open up a restaurant one day. Have you ever worked in one? Well, no. Mm, yeah. Don't be an idiot. Go work in one and see at the level. Go work at, at the dishwasher. Exactly. At dishwasher. Yes. The most abused position, underpaid, but most necessary. Yeah, and see what it feels like when you got all these guys back there and they're just getting just dishes dumped off by the servers because you have these female servers are like, you can handle this for me, right? I'm like, yeah. no, bitch, I can't clear your plates. Exactly. Your eyes put, the you in the put the silverware in the oh bin. Put the silverware in the bin. Oh, my God. I repeat. <laughs> That's another one. Scrape the plate and put the silverware in the bin. I just don't want to touch it. Yeah. So it was funny. Yeah. You know what? That's a, that's a great point. Man. And servers. I'm actually going to make, I'm actually going to make a YouTube video on this because, uh, the thing is, is my problem. And I'll just say it, I'll say it up. My, I have an extreme issue with being the, the executive chef and just getting a salary and not a piece of the pie. Now mm. I, now I, I agree with some sweat equity, but if you've been in a company for two to three to five years, and you have shown that you can actually turn a profit and you can actually manage the operation, I think you should have some equity if you want to make it a lifelong uh, journey. If not, I, I agree. Most of these chefs, they don't know that they're getting screwed. Let me give you an example of that. Let's and right now, say, today is the best time for that too, because they're starving for good people. So if you're yeah, ever going to negotiate, yeah. I'm telling this to the viewers, if you're ever going to negotiate a position in a restaurant, right now is the time. 100%. I've seen cooks that have zero experience get promoted to sous chef straight up. And like, I, I, I try to tell people all the time, like the problem that I have is let's say you're an executive chef making a hundred grand. Yes. That seems like a lot for you, but you're being also held accountable for managing the profit and loss statement. 
let's say that restaurant does 3 million in revenue, right? 4 million in revenue. When you look at this profit and loss statement and you look at the numbers and then you realize how much you make, for me, that was a turning point in my life. <laughs> that, was the, that was the motherfucking turning point. I remember looking at the, uh, so I was the CDC at this time and I was in full control of labor, all of it, right? Total restaurant operation, menu, all that. And the thing is, is I was being grilled for the labor cost. I was being grilled when I would hire a cook and I would just give them the extra dollar because it wasn't worth it to me. Like, why do you want a nickel and dime? Like, I can't believe companies nickel and dime fucking cooks from anywhere from 15 to $18 an hour. Dude, give them the extra dollar. You know why? Because you can always remove a few hours at the end of the week or yeah. I will find that $40 a week, uh, you know, to up in some other area. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I don't, I, I digress, but that's the thing. So, um, and it's funny because I just recently had a super lucrative position. Um, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got to wrap it up. Sorry about that. You see Casey, what, what do I do without you? We would talk for hours. If, it, if I didn't have you I'm in my saying. life, my G. Okay. I'm, I'm going to wrap saying. it up. I'll wrap it up with this. So saying. I just, I, I was, I, went through the process of, uh, you know, this interview, but like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to leave my job. My job is too awesome, but I like to go through the profit process to stay within the know of like, you know, talking to a recruiter, giving them a resume, updating my resume, staying within the know. And it's funny because it sounded good on the outside looking in, but see, I'm in a position where I can ask specific questions and get information out of certain people to know exactly what the future is going to look like. And I'm telling you right now, Dude, there's no chance if it was my own shit, but that's the thing. I don't have enough capital and I don't have enough notoriety as a chef. Well, except for on TikTok, but I don't have enough notoriety as a chef to get, to build a restaurant out right now. And I don't care what you want to. That's what I'm saying. Look, look, I built two restaurants in uh, California here and I'm telling you right now, they were both seven mil each. Okay. And it's like, you work for the person that put up the money. Okay. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. That's what these chefs don't understand. It's like, yeah, it's your restaurant. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. But guess what? You work for that investor unless yeah. they're a silent or angel investor. Yeah. Different story. But finding that is like finding a needle in a haystack. So my idea is, and I was telling, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Casey, but like my brother and I, we developed uh, you know, a cloud kitchen concept. And uh, I'll close with this, I promise. But we, you know, we I want to build businesses on the side or real estate on the side and then do like pop-up dinners. You know what I'm saying? Have a, have a space and just do pop-up dinners of like, listen, you buy your ticket. I set it up once, twice a month and that's no. it. No, you don't want to do that. Why waste money on real estate when you could go do it in their house for no, with no, oh, with no, 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 no money no, no. out of I'm, pocket? I'm, I'm talking about real estate as an investment. So just purely investment, side hustle. Like, you know okay. what I'm saying? So like rental okay. property and all that. Not, 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 Any uh, not money out of pocket space. is bad money. That's why I love right. doing the personal chef thing. I say, I'm ready to step away, but really at the end of the day, it's really hard because I can't grow it because it's just me. I can't grow yeah. it. So I'll, I'll, I know you need to wrap up and man, this has been amazing. I appreciate yeah, you guys having me on. Uh, Casey, all of your words of wisdom have been so deep and profound. Thank you so much for all your chatter. <laughs> I know, uh, I, dude. I, I you tell get him too that talkative every people like show. me. And I know. I, well, and the thing is, is I'm very extroverted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I'm. You know what I mean? And it's. And I always tell him, like, dude, am I talking too much, man? I'm sorry. He's like, nah, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm like, okay, you sure? You're on a podcast. You're supposed to talk the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I'll, I'll control the air. Like, you know what it is? I I'm an AB type. 
and I, I don't know if I told you this, Brandon, but like I can match your energy. Like that's what it is. I know Brandon's really type uh, A, extremely type A. I I teeter be- between the two. Whatever your energy is coming at me, I can match it right away. However, I primarily go to B. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, cool. I'll, <laughs> I'll just stay in the back. Not a big deal. If you need the guns, though. I'm fucking dead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Brandon, so, let me give you this, I'll, I'll let me give you this tidbit. This is what my grandmother told me. She said when I was growing up, she's like, and this goes to people like you and I, the earth, <clears throat> the earth is your stage and the sun and the moon are your spotlight. Anytime it's yeah. shining, you're out and about in it going, <laughs> I'm here, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Hey, this is such a great podcast, man. Casey, go ahead and wrap it up for us, man. Hey, so I was just saying, uh, one final question to you, Chef Eric. Um, I know this is, again, you're going to have to pick and choose right here. Favorite go-to meal for whatever. Like, <laughs> if you were making a food for yourself at home right now, right now, for breakfast or for, for lunch, what would your go-to be? Okay, so here's what's funny is I call it my humble meal. So I grew up uh, very unfortunate. So my favorite meal is what we used to call a heart attack plate. And it was when I was poor, but we had a little bit extra money. But of course, it's evolved. My favorite go-to meal to keep me humble, especially is, is when I go out and I get the cheapest form of meat you can grill, a can of Wolf brand chili, and you, you cook the steak medium rare, you pour that chili right on top, cheese, onion, any other type of flavor, jalapenos have been added, etc. I throw that in the broiler to melt all the cheese. That's my favorite meal because that's the very first thing I ever cooked whenever I said, this is fucking delicious. I love food. And then the, the curiosity for cooking came to be. I also cook that when I get too big for my own britches, whenever I have a great financial month and I want to bring myself down, I go back to that cheap piece of meat and that 10 flavored wolf brand chili. And I, I force it down because it keeps me humble. So that mm. to me is my favorite meal. That's that's the meal of growth and the meal of being humble all in one for me. Nice. Awesome. But there may be a great version and coming. Would it be super fancy? <laughs> rice and eggs for me. So that's that's my go-to meal. Brandon, how about you? What's your go-to meal? If you were to cook you know, right now for you. I know this sounds so generic, but I'm, I'm definitely going to say chicken, rice, and broccoli. So ah, I know, seriously. You are that person. I know. Listen, I hate to say it, but I, I will be completely honest, man. I fucking... I know it's a bodybuilder style of workout, but like the thing is, is as I get older in age, my stomach is, you know, it's not as, it's not as like, you know, I would say easygoing as it used to be. So my wife and I are the same. We cook for fuel most of the time, like our meals at the house, we cook for fuel. My wife is in pre and postnatal fitness. I have a full garage gym. I'm very active. I'm, I, you know, I work out. I don't waste time eating bullshit. Like I don't want to, I don't like, and I know it sounds stupid, but like chefs don't cook for themselves. I we swear to God, no, I, really I, don't. I, I just, I just like a good piece of chicken and fucking rice dude. And then, then obviously whatever, whatever you want to add on. So sriracha or whatever case may be, but that is my go-to meal. And I know it's generic and I know, but listen, I got to admit <laughs> it's one, it's easy to digest chicken, white rice. I love. And then the, you know, the vegetable is subjective, but like, that is it, man. And I hate to say it, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, I eat foie gras on brioche. No. <laughs> we shave back truffles. No. They all think hey. we do, though. They all think yeah. we fucking do. Nah, nah, nah. I eat straight no. up. It feels like I, work at the end of the day, right? Like, I don't want to work. I'm at home. I reheat shit 90% of the time. Domino's pizza, down. bitches. So, Domino's yeah. pizza. 
There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like rice, rice and eggs for me is my comfort. Always, always has been. Scallions, call it. I'd have to. Okay, so right. I okay, uh, so hold on, really quick. I know we have to go. Yeah. But this shit right here. This is that bag. Hey. Uh, these these bag noodles with the beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Whenever I'm feeling kind of shitty, these bag noodles. I get some sliced ribeye that I get yeah. from uh, from Kmart or not Kmart, but H Mart. Slice yeah. it real thin. I'm telling you, I love Asian food. I if I yeah, me too. Me I too. Like with the big time. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Casey. Wrap it up, right. dog. Other than that, I'll make sure Chef Eric's uh, contacts are down below so you guys can find them. Definitely on TikTok at Colin Amherst Fitz. Uh, for everybody else, though, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have you guys next. Yeah.